everyone good evening good afternoon morning wherever you are whenever you're listening to this audio today the time is 5 10 p.m it's a saturday november 12 2022 i'm so excited to be here with you all and just thankful to god sorry if you all hear dogs barking in the background please ignore that or any background noises my apology in advance But nevertheless, I'm so excited to be here and I just thank God for a new month, a new season. Um, The year's almost ending. Wow, how crazy is that, right? (laughs) But I'm just so grateful. God is so good, honestly. He's just such a loving God and just shows me his face, faces, you know, and I say faces because God is a God of dimension. He's a God of different names and he shows you different names depending on the seasons that he takes you through. And I just love God so much as you all know. And I hope you all love God just as much. You all love God. What's wrong with you? (laughs) I love God. No, let me stop playing. I'm just in a good mood. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not sorry for being in a good mood. I'm happy to be in a good mood. But um, yeah, I just really love God and um, he's just so awesome. And I love how much God loves us and he cares about us and just shows us who he is despite the challenges that we go through despite the seasons that we find ourselves in um and I'm just so thankful um I've had a great start of my month it's been crazy been busy with work and busy with life and just a whole lot of other things going on but nevertheless despite everything I thank God and I'm just so happy for just having an awesome father like God and you know I just want to encourage you all that Life is not perfect. You know, things are not always going to go as we plan. But when we have such a mighty rock like God, uh, everything will be fine. Everything is great. Everything is awesome because God is our cornerstone. And because of that, we can lean on him. We can trust in him. We can rely on him. He loves and cares for us so, so much, you know. So that is just an encouragement, y'all. The month is almost over. Not the month. The year is almost over. So if you all are feeling maybe down, you didn't accomplish what you wanted to this year. Things didn't really pan out for you the way that you expected for the year of 2022. This is an encouragement that God has plans to prosper and not to harm you, but to give you a good hope and a great future and expected end and so much more. And so that was not even what I planned to open with, but I just felt the Holy Spirit leading me to share that with you all. Um, But nevertheless, I hope you all are doing good. Um, Yeah, I just pray you all are doing good. I hope you're doing good because I can't hear you all. (laughs) I'll speak to you guys directly, but... um, yeah, let's open up in prayers. I have a lot to share with you all today, and I'm just so excited for the Word of God. <laughs> but okay, let me open up in prayers. Heavenly Father, I'm so honored and grateful to be here, God. I'm just filled with joy, just filled with just amazement of who you are and all that you do, God. I thank you for your powerful, awesome, kind, but yet staring words, God. Words that stares us to be better. Words that stares us to be more like you, Jesus Christ. What an example you were to teach us what we are supposed to be like, how we're supposed to love, how we're supposed to care for one another, and the type of lives we're supposed to live. Lord God, we could never be as perfect as you, but help us to strive. Help us to try, God, to try just to have a little glimpse of who you are. God, I honor you. We worship you, Father God, and we invite you in this presence, Holy Spirit. May you 
have your way. May I just be a vessel that is easily um, used by you, God, a vessel that is open so you can flow through and have your being in me, Father God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you. I worship you, God. I love you most importantly. It's in Jesus' awesome and powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, y'all, we will be talking about drummer, please. Da, 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 da. <laughs> no, but today we'll be talking about the multitude of sin. The multitude of sin. That would be the title of this message. And just like, okay, so I today I did a Ooh, I did a study today, y'all, because this was a topic that I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to talk about. And you know, I was kind of like, Ugh, kind of like with almost every topic, I'm just like, okay, God, you sure? Is this what we're going to do? And, you know, he's like, yeah, this is what I, I, I want. Because like I said, this podcast is not about me. It's not so y'all hear my voice. This is really not about me. I'm only here, hopefully, during God's will, during God's ways. And because of that, you know, God is going to give me messages that are challenging even for me and are convicting to me because God uses me a lot by teaching me these things that I need to do in my personal life. And I'm just so thankful for this message because leave it up to me, I won't talk about this because sin is not a comfortable topic for me because I'm a sinner, you know, I'm not perfect. I have a lot of flaws and I sin each and every day. Although I don't want to sin, although I try not to sin, I always find myself sinning. And as most of you all that can maybe relate because why we're sinful in our nature, we're not perfect. And so God wants us to, he wants to teach us about sin that sin is there's consequences to sin but yet we can overcome the sin why because christ has already won the the battle he's already died and overcame that sin for us but that being said that means that we have to lean into those promises because it's like when you 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 have a treasure right but you don't realize you have the treasure how can you ever access that treasure you wouldn't be able to and i've heard many of the many great examples where they talk about money in your bank if you don't know that you have a million dollars in your bank account you'll never go to the bank to withdraw some money but yet here you will you know you'll be suffering living paycheck to paycheck barely paying your bills barely enjoying life but yet your bank is filled with a million dollars. And so this is what God's words are. God's word is this rich, it's this riches that we have access to. But because we never open that treasure, we live a sinful life. We live a horrible life. We live a poor life because why? We haven't accessed the treasure in which God has for us to receive. And so y'all, I'm encouraging you all, do not let that treasure sit there and collect dust. Open it and let it transform your life. Open it and put it to good use. And I pray that I can do that because y'all, I like don't don't be fooled just because I sit here preaching these things doesn't mean I'm perfect. No, I do try to live live according to God's words because I love God and I want to honor Him and I want to serve Him with all my heart. But I'm not perfect, you know. Don't think that oh she's so perfect and she's she's you know not flawed. No. I am flawed, but one thing about me that I can be thankful for is that I try. I try to live according to God's will, and hopefully you all do that too, because that is the love that God wants for us. He wants us to not live according to his will because he's a domineering God, but because he has good plans for us. When we sin, it hurts us. It hurts God. God is our father, and like any good parent, no parent wants to see their child suffering. And that is why God keeps us in order by telling us these laws so that way, not that he can control us or dictate over us, but so that way he can give us safety. He can give us joy. He can give us peace. There's safety in the Lord. There's safety in the word of God. There's safety in the commandments of God. 
they're saving the discipline of God. Because God disciplines his children. Why? So he can turn us to the right path. And so uh, let me get into the message, y'all, because I'm going to just preach and that's not even what I'm supposed to be talking about. Okay, so back to what I was saying. Today, we're going to talk about the multitude of sin, right? Um, Since I did a very detailed study, let me give you an overview of what we're going to cover just so you all can expect to know what I will talk about. So we're going to talk about, first of all, what is sin? Because in order to understand something, we need to know what it means in order to prevent it from happening. We're going to talk about where did it come from? Then we're also going to cover what are the consequences of sin? How does it affect our lives and those around us? Then we're going to talk about how can we deliver it by sin and how can we maintain a sinless nature and other practices that we can use in order to become more like Christ. Okay, so let's dive into the word. So yeah, the first topic I want to cover is what is sin? I use my handy dandy friend dictionary.com and so they really didn't have a good definition of sin. And again, I think the reason why is because sin is so complex. It's not complex. Sin is simple, right? Sin is just doing something against the will of God. That's just a simple term of it. But sin is just one of those things that it's it's hard because it's just hard. You know, it's like, well, we'll get into it. Let me just go ahead and read. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I can easily preach and make this long. And I, I just want to get in the habit of not making things long when I don't need to. Um, so, yeah, let's just go into what I have planned. And so, yeah, from dictionary.com, like I said, they didn't really have the best definitions. But one thing stood out to me that I wanted to read. If you search of sin is going to be number five, it says to offend against a principle standard etc so sin is offending god sin is it's offending the principles of god going against the standards of god when god gives us a sin commandments and we go against those things that is us deliberately sinning against christ and so in the bible there are different um there are different examples of sin. So I want to talk about some of the ones. There, there's many different definitions, but I wanted to bring up some of it, right? So for example, the Bible basically just says sin is when we live according to our fleshly desires and we don't walk according to the desires that God has for us. So we're going to read in First Galatians, sorry, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. It reads, this is NIV version for all of the readings I'm going to do, just FYI. So let's go ahead and read from Galatians chapter 5 verses 7 16 to 18 it says so I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they are in conflict with each other so that they are not to do whatever you want but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law so basically this is saying that Sin is basically when we live according to our flesh and not according to the spirit. Because the spirit and the flesh are contrary, that means that they are in conflict. They're in battle because the flesh wants to do what the world wants to do. It wants to drink, party, have sex, lie, cheat, all these things that are not godly, that are not the principles of God. But then the spirit wants to glorify God and wants to do everything according to God's standards. So let's go ahead and read the other chapter. In uh, Galatians chapter 5, same chapter, my apologies, and we're going to read from 19 to 23. It says the Acts, and here are going to talk about examples of our sinful natures, and then it's going to go on by telling you examples of the spiritual nature. And so 
based on these two, you can kind of analyze where do I fall in this category? Am I more so leaning onto the fleshly sin or am I more so walking according to the spirit? And so let me read from 19 to 23. It says the acts of the flesh are obvious. There's sexual immorality and purity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, like everything I just listed, jealous, you know, angry, things like that, will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is scary to know. Very scary that if we are living according to the flesh, we will not inherit God's kingdom because these things are pulling us away from God. These things are tainting our character, tainting who Christ made us to be. But here's how we should live instead, like the Holy Spirit. And that is in 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, to love one another, is joy, is peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. I love this because these are things that are of the Spirit. This is how the Spirit desires for us to live, to be in love with one another, right? Not in love, but to love one another, to love our brothers and sisters, love our enemies. How hard is that, right? But that is what God wants us to do, to love our enemies, to turn our cheeks when they slap us, meaning don't repay evil for evil, but do good to those who do wrong to you, to be at joy, to be at peace with one another, to have forbearance. That means that we, we, we persevere with others despite their trials, that we don't give up on others, but that we love others and we, we encourage one another to be kind, to to be good towards each other, to be faithful. We don't give up on each other, but that, yeah, we're faithful. We persevere through people through the hard times. We're kind to others. We're gentle to them. We're patient with them. Um, and it's self-control not to act impulsively. I... <laughs> I am guilty for that because I'm still working on my impulse. I'm still working on, you know, self-control. That is the area that I know I need to improve in, you know, not giving into my emotions and just being controlled when it comes to my emotions. That is something that I need to work on because that is a sinful nature and that is not of God, you know, because God says against these things, there is no law. So we need to do these things in order to be under God's laws. That is what sin is. And these are some of the examples of how of, of what sin is and how it can really affect us. And so where does sin come from? Where does sin come from? It came from the beginning of creation when Adam and Eve first sinned against God when they were deceived by Satan in the Garden of Eden. Since then, mankind, my, mankind has had a sinful nature. So sin was not I don't think sin was not our, our portion, right? Because God had us in the, in the well, not us, but he had uh, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He wanted to fellowship and dwell with them and they were holy. Therefore, they were with God because they were holy. But it was until they allowed sin to come into them that God had to kick them out of the, the Garden of Eden because now they were no longer holy. They were sinful. And so sin came in when satan deceived us so we gotta watch out because the enemy roams around like a roaring lion looking for souls to devour he comes to still kill and destroy so we need to guard our hearts guard ourselves because the enemy is constantly working to deceive us and to cause us to be sinful nature sin sinful in our nature and so i'm gonna read first john chapter three 
it says, the one who does what is sinful is is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning, hence in the garden. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work, which is Jesus. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not of God, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. Wow, that's deep. And I don't, I'm not going to break it down the whole thing right now, just, you know, for the sake of time. But just to summarize everything, it's just saying that in the beginning was when sin came because the devil tempted man. He tempted Adam and Eve. And his goal was to destroy us from the love of Christ. And God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, here to destroy what the devil had planned for evil. What man, what, what man meant for evil, God turned it around and used it for our good. And because of that, God was able to sow a seed by using Jesus Christ as an, as an atoning sacrifice to deliver us from the sin and to restore us. And based on the sacrifice, you can tell who a son of God is and a son of the devil is. Because why? People who are of God, they're not going to have a sinful nature. They're going to try to strive to be good. They're going to strive to live according to godly principles. But those who are of the devil, they don't care. They're going to give into their flesh. They're going to do everything that pleases them. That is how you differentiate, you know, to pay attention to these things. And so we're going to go ahead and read James chapter 1, 14 to 15. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. So what this is saying is that we are also the people that tempt ourselves, right? Not everything's, oh, the devil made me, the enemy didn't know. Sometimes it's because of our lack of self-control or just because we're most likely given into the spirit of the flesh and not into the spirit of God. And so we sometimes tempt ourselves because we are dragged by our evil desires and enticed by the desires of this world. And when we've gone so deep into sin, sin leads to death. And we need to be careful that we do not live a life of death. Death does not mean that we're going to be, you know, killed right away, but we're going to be separated from Christ. We're not going to live a life with Christ. And so let me live, let me read the other chapter in Romans chapter 7, verses 17 to 21. As it is, as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know what good itself does not dwell in me. Sorry, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Wow. This verse always just made me like laugh and just relatable because I'm like, this is so real. You know, this is Paul just sharing how much of a sinful nature that he has because he was saying that, okay, I don't want to do evil, 
but I keep doing evil. Although I don't want to do evil, I know not to do evil, but I keep doing it. And the good that I want to do, I find it hard to do. Can y'all relate with that? Can you relate that sometimes you don't you don't want to lie? You don't want to tell that white lie to your boss. You don't want to tell that white lie to your friends, your your mom, your family. But you just say it because why? You don't know. It's a sinful nature at work in you. And that's what Paul is basically saying that although he wants to do good and walk according to, to the spirit of God, he always finds himself reverting back to that sinful nature. He tries to be good. He he tries to to do good. He tries to live a good life. But somehow that sinful nature keeps on coming. Because why? It was at the beginning when the the devil deceived Adam and Eve that the sinful nature became a part of us. And it's so hard to get out that sinful nature. And we need to constantly be transformed and constantly walk according to the spirit of God and not to the spirit of the flesh. And so what are the consequences of sin? That is going to be our next question. Simply put, sin leads us leads to death. It separates us from God and it causes us to live an unpleasant life on earth. So we're going to read from Romans chapter 6 verses 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So like I said, sin leads to death, right? That is simply put. Like I said earlier, it's not that we're going to die physically. I mean, we can. We definitely can die physically. Um, but mostly, we die spiritually. We die because we're separated from Christ. We no longer have that intimate relationship with him. We live in a fog. We live in a gloomy world. We're not joyful. We don't have peace. We don't have joy in our hearts. We're not happy because we have been so sinful that it leads us to die. Die spiritually and even physically sometimes. And so let's go ahead and read Isaiah chapter 59, verses 2. It says, But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. Wow. So that he will not hear you. Oh my gosh, this is scary, y'all. Sin separates us from our love, which is God. It separates us so much that God sometimes has to hide his face from us, right? We're so sinful because God is holy. That is why Adam and Eve, they could no longer live in a garden of Eden because God was so holy that their sinful nature was going to burn around him. Even when you look back in the Old Testament, you know, when God appeared to many different people, like in, like in the, the priest that would go to the tent of meeting, when they came in there sinful, they would die because God's holiness was too, just so holy that sin could not live in its light. Sin cannot live in the light of God. Darkness had to die. Darkness had to flee because it couldn't be in the light of God. And so this is what happens when we sin. We are separated from God. We're separated so much that God has to hide his face and he can no longer hear us. When we cry out to God and try to pray, God, help me deliver, whatever. He can't hear us because we've sinned so much. It's only when we have the desire to change and to become more like Christ that God is willing to hear us. God is so faithful, right? He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But guess what? We leave God. We forsake God. It's not that he left us. (laughs) It's not that he doesn't care about us. But it's that we have left him. We forsake Christ. And therefore, it's hard for him to, to hear us. And it's hard for us to come back to him unless we repent. So that being said, it takes me to my next point. How can we be delivered from sin? We're delivered from sin by leaning on the freedom we were given through the death of Jesus Christ as our anointing, atoning sacrifice. And so we're going to read a few chapters and verses. So let's start by chapter 7 in Romans. Romans chapter 7, verses 24 to 25. 
It says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's laws, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. So God will deliver us. He will deliver us from the sinful nature. He will deliver us from death. Because again, why? Sin leads to death. That is a consequence of sin. But who can deliver us? Jesus Christ can deliver us. And so the next reading is going to be in 1 John chapter 2. And that is going to be in verse 1 to 2. My dearest children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Right? God gave us Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us so that way we can now have salvation and be delivered and restored from sin. Aren't we so thankful for the sacrifice that God has given us? I'm very thankful. I'm very grateful because that is now how we can live a sinful life because we've been delivered from sin by Jesus Christ blood he was an atoning sacrifice back in the old testament when you know they wanted to make a sacrifice they had to go give lambs and goats and all these cattle but jesus christ was that righteous and ultimate sacrifice that there's no longer a sacrifice that needs to be made on our behalf for sin because christ has already died for us his blood washed us clean his blood washed our crimson sin and made it white as snow he's cleansed us he's restored us he's renewed us he's delivered us we are set free so sin no longer lives within us because Christ died for us. Not just for me, but for you, for your siblings, for your friends. Christ died for all. But not everyone receives that. But we need to receive it. We need to know it. We need to believe it. And so I'm going to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 21. God made himself, sorry, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. So Jesus Christ had no sin. He was perfect. He was a perfect human or perfect God, you know, son of man, perfect in all his being. But he was made in the sinful nature of, of, the, of a human flesh. Although he didn't sin because he was a human being, he was made as a you know human being with the flesh. His nature was sinful. So God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So he had to take on our sins. He had to die so that way he can renew our sins. We're so thankful for that. We're so thankful because without that sacrifice, we'll still be here sacrificing, you know, lambs and cattle and all these things in order to be restored and cleansed of our, of our sins and our iniquities. But Jesus Christ already died on the cross for us, so we no longer need to do those things again. And so we're going to go in 1 John chapter 3, verses 9. It says, No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. So when we're born of God and God's seed, which is Jesus Christ dying for us, has cleansed our sins, so we should not go on sinning. We should receive this blessing, receive the sacrifice, and live according to it to be set free and delivered from sin. And so in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 two four okay let me read therefore there is no more condemnation for those who are in christ jesus because through christ 
because through Christ Jesus, the law of sin, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, and the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Amen. So like I said, right, Jesus Christ was that ultimate atoning sacrifice. He came in a sinful flesh, a body, and he was a sin offering for us so that now we're restored and delivered from sin. So that is how we've been delivered from sin through the blood and body of Jesus Christ. And so in order to be delivered, we got to lean on this freedom we've been given because not everyone receives it's Not everyone believes that Jesus Christ died for them. But when you believe it, you're delivered from sin. You've been delivered. You've been restored. You've been given a second chance if you've been baptized and accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. These are promises that God has freely, freely given us. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. We can't work for it. We can't pay it. We cannot. He gave it to us freely. So we got to receive it. And so moving on to the next point, how can we maintain a sinless nature? We can maintain this by constantly confessing our sin, walking by the spirit and not the flesh. We must also pray daily, transforming our minds to be more like Christ each and every single day. And so we're going to go ahead and read in James chapter 5 verses 16 it says therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective when we confess our sins you know what we're doing we're bringing light in our darkness what the enemy does is that he wants us to be in isolation he wants us to be separated because when we're in isolation and separated it's easier for him to trick us it's easier for him to deceive us if we go back to the beginning of of the garden right Eve was separated. She was in isolation and it was so easy for her to be a prey to the enemy. But I believe that if she, if she was with Adam and they didn't have separation, they weren't separated, they were together, it would have been hard for him to, to deceive her because Adam would have said, hey, no, back away, Satan, you know? <laughs> and so that being said, we need to confess our sin because we bring light into darkness. We bring light into darkness and we allow other people to see our flaws. And the more light that we start to bring into darkness, the more that the darkness disappears. When you walk in a dark room and you turn on the light, guess what? The whole room turns bright. And that is exactly what we do when we're confessing our sins. We're slowly bringing light into darkness. That darkness has no longer part in us and we're healed when we do these things. And so others can pray for us. We allow our community, we allow our brothers and sisters to come and pray for us. When we pray, or when, we're, when we're prayed by a righteous person, their power is their prayer is powerful and effective, and it brings about change and transformation in our lives. Amen. And so let me read another verse. I'm going to read a few chapters and verses but let me go to proverbs chapter 28 verses 13 whoever conceals their sin does not prosper but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy amen because people who conceal their sin again they are in isolation because something that is hidden it grows right something that is hidden it's like you have to keep covering and covering and covering it and so that's what the enemy wants us to do because once we start with this one small sin and we cover the sin, guess what? We got to keep adding more sins to keep maintaining that small sin. And before you know it, it's grown and it's gotten bigger. 
It can be something as small as saying you call out for work, for example, because you said, oh, yeah, you're sick. Right. And then the next day, your coworker asks, oh, how are you feeling? It's like, yeah, I'm feeling much better Then they ask you. Oh, you know, you just got to keep lying. Oh, yeah. Then you say, I'm feeling much better. And I'm like, oh, OK, what was wrong? Then you're like, yeah, I don't know. I had a headache. And then I'm like, oh, did you go to the hospital? And you're like, yeah, I had to go to the hospital. Then a doctor told me this and da 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 da. Then before you know it, one little sin has blown up. Now you're adding on more to the sin i personally hate sinning i i mean not sinning not or well, hate sinning but i personally hate lying lying is so just it it just it doesn't make my it it just i can't i don't like lying it really tears my spirit down because lying is so impactful and it's just such such a, a thing where if you keep lying or if you lie it's like you gotta keep lying to maintain that first lie and it blows up and this is what the enemy wants us to do, to conceal that sin so that way we don't prosper. But when we confess, right, we find mercy. We find mercy in God and we have others that can pray for us and we let others into our life so that way we can be delivered and transformed. And so we're going to read Genesis chapter 4, verses 7. It says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. I always found this verse so interesting and I always loved it because sin is always waiting at our door. Sin is always waiting like the enemy. He's always waiting, waiting for us to slip up, waiting for us to to let our guard down, waiting for us to put our armors down so that way he can come and destroy us. But we must rule over sin. We must rule over it because sin has no power over us. Sin has no control over us in the name of Jesus. And so we must rule over these things and not let it not let it um, capture us, right? We must rule over it. And so we're going to go on to verse, to sorry, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26. It says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left and so this was really just deep for me because after god sent jesus to die for us right this was the sacrifice that he gave everyone and so back to kind of a verse i read earlier the way you'll know if you're a child of god versus a child of the devil is how you live your life does that mean that every christian is going to be perfect and have a perfect day every day no but as a Christian, you have to strive. I don't want to say strive for perfection, but let's say that you got to be you got to strive to be more like Christ. And who is Christ? He's perfect. So, yes, we got to strive to be more like Christ each and every day. But you cannot say, oh, I'm a Christian, but I'm going to still do me. I'm going to still live like the world. No, because no sin is something that should keep going on. No sin, if you're a child of God, is something that you should keep doing and saying, oh yeah, God understands because he doesn't. He doesn't understand. How are you going to tell somebody that sacrificed himself to die for you that all oh, he understands if I keep, if I take him for granted? No, God doesn't understand. So stop making that excuse. Stop sinning and turn from your evil ways. Because it says that if you keep on sinning, if you don't receive the, the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left. What that means is that God is going to let you die to your sins. 
Your sins are going to take over you and are going to lead you to death because you are taking God's grace for granted. God is a God of wrath. Also, that's one thing we always miss. Yes, God is loving. Yes, he's forgiving. Yes, he's kind and generous. But don't keep saying, I'm going to keep sinning and ask for forgiveness the next day. It don't work like that. It does not work like that, y'all. It really doesn't. We choose who, who we, we will serve, our flesh or our spirit. And the two are at battle. So we have to constantly make this declaration each and every single day because we have to decide today I'm going to live according to the spirit. Does that mean that you won't fall sometimes and give into the fleshy desires? Yes, that might happen, but that shouldn't be our, our, um, that shouldn't be our main objective each day. Each day we should strive to live like the spirit of Christ. And if we end up living like the flesh, then that's okay. We, we repent and we turn around. We open, we open others to come to um, our sins and we bring light into our sins so that way we don't live in darkness. But know that if we can, we, we, we made, make up our minds to keep sinning, that God is not going to have any sacrifices left for our sins. He's not. He's not going to keep accepting us if we keep, if we make up in our minds, I'm going to keep sinning and doing me and God is going to forgive me and love me. It don't work that way. That's us taking God for granted. It's us abusing God's love, abusing God's grace, abusing God's mercy. And so let me go ahead and read the next chapter that is going to be in 1 John chapter 3. And we're going to read verse 5 to 6. It says, But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. And again, back to knowing who a child of God is. A child of God does not deliberately keep on sinning because if you do, then you don't know God. You're not a Christian. I'm sorry, you're not. You're not a Christian if you choose to keep sinning. Oh, but I like to have sex. So I'm gonna keep having sex with my girlfriend. Oh, but I like to shack, co-shack. What is it? Cohabitate? <laughs> co-shack. That is a word, right? To shack up? Yeah. But yeah, I like to I like to live with my partner and I'm gonna keep living with my partner. Or, you know, I'm just gonna lie on my taxes. They they won't know. Or I'm just gonna steal this from my job. They wouldn't know. Or I'm just gonna, I don't know, whatever you do that is a sin and you try to justify it. I'm just going to lie on my resume, my job resume. I just need a job. I'm desperate. They wouldn't know. No, you're sinning. You're choosing to sin. You're choosing which laws to, to agree on. And therefore, you're not a child of God. You don't know God if you keep on sinning. Because if you know God and you know the sacrifice that he went on the cross on Calvary for us, you're going to not, not want to sin. You're going to appreciate that sacrifice. That's why we, we take the body and blood when God says, do this in remembrance of me. Yes, he wanted us to remember him as Jesus Christ, and but I think he wanted us to remember what he went through for us. He wanted to remind us of his love for us, that he went through betrayal, he went through beating, he went through hurt, he went through, through insult for us, to die for us. And here we are thinking that we can just go ahead and keep doing what we want to do and we know God. No, the truth is not in you. You don't know God if you keep doing that. We deceive ourselves thinking that sin is okay, that God understands you're deceiving yourself. You're not a child of God because you don't know God if you keep on sinning, if you deliberately choose to keep on sinning. You're going against what he's, what he said against in his words. You're going against a sacrifice. You're taking it for granted. You don't know God or you haven't seen him if you keep on sinning because sin is not of God. God is a God of holy. He's a holy God. 
and he desires for his children, which is us, to be holy, to be like him. He's already came and died for us so that way we can be like him, to have a relationship with him. So why keep on sinning? Why keep on making these excuses? You're deceiving yourself. Okay, so another way that we can maintain a sinless nature is by praying, right? We talked about confessing our sins, but we also need to pray for ourselves. And I think David did such a great job where he was so transparent with God and just open with his sin. This was kind of when he sinned with Bathsheba. If you haven't read that story, please go read it about when he committed adultery with another man's wife and killed the man. The Bible is full of drama, y'all. It's so interesting and it's really a great book of the law of God. So we really need to read it and be engaged in it because there's so many mysteries and commands and things that God wants us to learn from it. But anyway, so this is in uh, Psalms chapter 51, verses 1 to 2. It says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away my iniquities, and cleanse me from my sin. So David was so honest. He knew he had sinned, but he loved God and he wanted God to deliver him. David wasn't a man that said, oh, you know what? I'm going to do this sin and go confess the next day and I'm going to keep sinning. No, he truly God called David a man after my own heart. And because of that, God desired to know God. He desired to have intimacy with God. And so I'm sure he was a man that made up his mind to live according to the spirit of God. But he, was, he wasn't he was perfect. He was a human being. And David still sinned. But guess what he did? He prayed and he asked for, for forgiveness. He confesses his sin and he repented. He turned away from his wicked ways. That is what it means to repent. He turned away from his wicked ways. And so let's read another prayer by David. The same uh, chapter, Psalms 51, verses 1. Sorry, Psalms 51, starting from verse 5 to 7. And honestly, I would recommend you all read the whole Psalms 51. It's just such an awesome, awesome, awesome uh, chapter of how to pray, how to ask God for forgiveness when you've sinned against him. And it says, surely I was sinful at birth. Back to what we talked about, you know, where we were sinful by nature because of the the sins that Adam and Eve Eve conceived in the Garden of Eden. And because of that, mankind's nature became sinful. So this is what David is saying. Um, let me read it again. Surely I was sinful at birth. This is verse 5. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness, even in the womb. You thought me wisdom in the secret place. Cleanse me with hessop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. I love this. And so, again, we got to pray and truly come before God and have an honest, transparent heart and say, God, you know what? I fall short of your glory. I've sinned, God. Please forgive me and restore and renew me and deliver me. We have to be open and transparent and not try to hide our sins from God because He knows. He knows what we're going through, He knows what we've done. Don't think you can hide it from God. He sees all because He is with all and all. And so, we got to be open and transparent and let God in so that way we can be delivered and restored. And so some other practices, this was something that I thought was really interesting that I write in, um, again, the same chapter 51. You know, some of the things that we go through in life, right? The challenges that we go through in life, the experiences that we go through are hopefully to be used to teach and encourage others to be righteous and to be more like Christ. Our testimony or our trials becomes our testimonies. And so I think that's really important that we're we're consciously thinking about that when we go through sin. And so in verse 51, verse uh, 13, it says, then I will teach transgressors your way 
that sinners will turn back to you. So David is saying that I will teach other sinners about your way, God, so that they can turn back to you, so that God, you can get the glory. And so it's really important that we are sometimes, we're using our experiences, we're using our sinful ways to teach others, hey, don't do this, don't be like me, I've been here, and this is not where you wanna go. We need to truly teach others and help them to be restored and delivered because we got, and that's kind of like what happens when we confess our sins, when we bring others into our, our journey. We're saying that, hey, I want to be open and transparent with you. I want accountability <laughs> so that way I can do better. But also I want to teach you that this is what I did. Don't make my same mistake because I want the best for you. We're a body of Christ. So we got to help support one another and guide each other to the truth and, and feed and or sow good seasons to each other and feed off of one another good things as well. And then lastly, lastly, just to end this, what we can do to remind ourselves is that sin has been conquered and it is no longer having, it no longer has power over us. And in Romans chapter eight, verses 37, now know and know in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. We can stop there because that's it. (laughs) We're more than conquerors. Jesus Christ conquered it all. He's the one who has won it all. So sin no longer has a sting. Oh, oh, sin, oh, sin, where is your sting? It no longer has power and control over us because God has conquered it all. God has won it all for us. So we need to be constantly reminded of this and be renewed and restored. So let's just do a rundown again. We talked about what is sin, right? Sin is something that separates us from God. Where did it come from? It came from the beginning when Adam and Eve sinned against Christ because they were deceived by Satan. What are the consequences of sin? It's simply death. It separates us from God and it causes us to live a life that is not pleasant. How can we be delivered from sin? By leaning onto the freedom that God has given us. That's how we can be delivered. Jesus Christ died on, on a cross for us as an atoning sacrifice. So we lean on that so that way we're delivered because we have been delivered. We How can we maintain a sinless nature? We have to confess our sin, walk by the spirit, not walk by the, the flesh. We have to pray daily, transforming our minds like uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 2 says. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed daily by the renewings of your mind. We have to constantly transform our minds. We got to pray for ourselves and pray to be delivered and restored. And lastly, we use our experiences, uh, our experience our experiences to teach others and encourage them to walk in the righteous path. And know that God has conquered it all. And so have we. Sin has no power over us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's close out in prayers. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for this awesome day, Lord. We thank you for this reminder of the magnitude of sin and how we can overcome sin because you overcame sin. God, you overcame death and you've won it all. So Lord, let us lean on you. Let us lean on this freedom that you've given us, Father God. Let us not walk in sin. Let us not deceive ourselves, Father God, but let us be transformed by the renewings of our minds. That way we can do what's pleasing to you, God. We can do what is righteous before your sight. Take us, Lord God, and deliver us from the sinful nature God and help us each day to walk closer to you and use you as a a a goal God so we can strive to be more like you Jesus Christ in Jesus most awesome and mighty name we pray amen God thank you I love you Father God 
amen thank you all for being here and for listening um yeah god willingly my next time to record is going to be november 26 i think that's the week of thanksgiving yeah but nevertheless happy holidays everyone i look forward to speaking to you all in two weeks and i pray that god is with you and you have an awesome rest of your day and a great weekend um yeah bye everyone